I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it. This podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. G'day and welcome to this week's episode. We'll be tapping into Beyond the Tax Return with the team at Byfields, Jack Hayes. He has already been on the podcast, but we'll give a little bit of a review of his background and get into it. Now, it's this time of year, end of financial year planning and how it can impact yourself, your farm, and have you got your tax planning measures in play? You'll be able to take away a few key elements from this episode, so let's get into it. This episode is for general advice only. As both the host and the guest, Jack Hayes, do not know your personal circumstances, so contact the professionals of your accountant or give the team at Byfields a call to see how your circumstance will match up with this tax planning. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Farms Vice podcast, Jack. Great to have you in the virtual studio all the way from WA over there. Where are you calling in from today? Uh, in the uh, Perth office here, Jack. So, no, thanks for having me on board. It's good we uh, we finally got, got it sorted. So, uh, no, good to be here. Absolutely. And on Beyond the Tax Return, where we dive a little bit deeper on what really impacts farmers, their business operations. And I've gotten a few good questions out of it as well, talking with the team at Byfield. So, hopefully you as a listener can get something, one key takeaway or just use it as motivation to go away. So, um, just to recap, your experience, Jack, do you just want to give a little hash on that before we get into it? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a uh, yeah, country boy from uh, from family farm in, uh, in Badgingara, which is uh, 
pretty well bang in the middle of Perth and uh, and Geraldton. So about 250Ks uh, north of Perth. Um, so yeah, grew up there. Uh, my grandparents were originally from uh, near Benalla, uh, Victoria. Um, granddad was a, uh, was a farming contractor over there and uh, yeah, always really wanted to go farming himself. So it was a pretty common, uh, yeah, sort of story for, for guys over here in the West. But um, yeah, sort of late 60s, early 70s, he, uh, yeah, drove the, the family over and, yeah, picked up a conditional purchase block. And, um, yeah, so granddad and my uh, my dad, Paul, and uh, and Uncle Dave, uh, yeah, cleared that farm. And, yeah, family's still farming there today. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I got into – I went to uni in, in Perth at, at Curtin, um, Worked at a, a smaller accounting firm for for a few years. Uh, yeah, doing all sorts of different uh, areas of uh, tax. A um, little bit of farming, but yeah, not a not a huge focus. So I moved across to Byfields in in 2014, um, and uh, yeah, pretty much uh, just focus on farming these days, which uh, yeah is what I'm all about. So that's pretty well pretty well my background. Beautiful. I think we all sort of get drawn back into it and see. How, how we can work within agriculture, second secondary sort of thing, what you are as a service as well. So beautiful, mate. Thanks for coming on this episode. Now, getting an accountant on leading into midway of the year, you could probably guess what we're going to be talking about today. Interview financial planning, how it is important for you as a farmer and even as an employee starting to think about and maybe even give your boss a toggle as well to see if you can jump in there and help do the books as a children in the working farm yeah absolutely no look at very topical issue um yeah 30 june's uh, approaching pretty quickly so um yeah stressful time of year for for business owners uh farmers in particular um you know seeding and uh lambs dropping at the moment so um yeah hopefully uh yeah we'll run through a couple of couple of tips for uh end of financial year is a plan absolutely so what's the outlook currently looking like for farmers across the WA and your sort of clientele, what are they experiencing? Have they had huge profits off the back of last year and they're looking to sort that out going into this year and not really the high input sort of thing? What's it look like? Yeah, yeah, no, look, very interesting year. Um, I guess uh, over, over here in the West, uh, yeah, really strong uh, grain yields uh, last year. Um, we, had, we had a record crop in, in WA. Um, Combined with uh, with grain pricing, um, obviously uh, through the roof. It's um, yeah, I don't really have a word I can use to describe where it is at the moment, but we all know it's uh, yeah, absolutely mental at the moment. Um, you know, uh, sheep and cattle prices strong. So from a, from an income perspective, uh, yeah, the twenty one slash twenty two year was uh, yeah was a was a massive year. Um, I guess the yeah the flip side of that, uh, obviously input prices have been uh, been high. Your, your Fert and Chem, um, yeah, more than doubled. Um, diesel prices are high. Um, seen some some really large uh, yeah hedging losses. Uh, yes, yeah, so the swap losses on uh, on grain. Um, but generally, generally what I've seen is uh, yeah the upside in in income has has outweighed the the downside in uh, or sorry the upside in in expenses. So. All in all, long story short, it's uh, it's been a pretty high uh, high year from a from a profit perspective. Um, 
combined with a yeah number of other factors. I mean, the the small business depreciation uh, pool was was all fully written off last year, so uh, that's caused a, caused a few headaches. Um, yeah, very interesting year, but uh, yeah, it keeps us uh, on our toes. Yeah, there was a lot that had had happened before. Do you think a lot of the farmers had already sold their commodities before the impact of what the Ukraine and Russians had on the market for commodity? Like, are yeah, they, yeah. Well, they've held onto it a bit because of that price, thinking it will go up. Yeah, look, mixed bag. There's uh, there's definitely a, a fair bit of grain uh, deferred um, through to through to July at least. Um, so generally, uh, we try and uh, yeah get on to yeah starting tax planning before harvest uh, is our is our aim, um, especially in a in a big year like this, just to give a bit of bit of guidance with uh, with grain marketing decisions. So um, yeah, a fair bit of grain's been uh, been deferred uh, through to July um, or, or later, um, and uh, and the use of uh, grain pools has been uh, been pretty big this year as well. So. Um, yeah, mixed bag. A fair bit was was cashed when it when it sort of spiked in uh, uh, at harvest there. But yeah, a fair bit's been held onto as well. Um, a lot more than than previous years, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that plays out on the eastern states as well. There's a lot of pooling of grain. Farmers come together and just sort of mixing it all into the one to see if they can hedge their bets on that. But for yourself overall, there's been some big profits off the back of last year's crop and moving forward. Um, whether you could get it off or your frost over there in WA had a bit of an impact as well. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking for, for WA, it was, a, it was a good year. There was definitely, uh, yeah, some frost events uh, sort of out east, which were, uh, were a shame because they were having such a, such a strong year there. Uh, a bit wet in some areas down south, but yeah, all in all, uh, yeah, over here it was a, uh, a really strong year so no look it's uh it's made things uh pretty interesting from our point of view with uh with tax planning so we're uh yeah just uh sort of wrapping that up now we've uh I mean, got the worst of it out of the way but um yeah yeah pretty exciting uh profits that's for sure it's a tough one to talk about actually because i i just sort of talk about my area at the t- given time and then some south australian people perk up a little bit when they say that you're out of drought but they're not yet they haven't really had the rain or the nt or something like that but yeah it's a mixed bag like right across australia what about these high input prices diesel prices we know it's gone it's what nearly doubled um since a year ago dollar 13 i think it was when i was actually over in perth as well um how has that impacted your perspective from tax planning view yeah no look it's an interesting one it's uh i guess in um from, from our point of view, it's made it a little bit easier in that it's, uh, yeah, uh, the profits, are, um, it's offset it to a degree, but I mean, we'd obviously rather see some uh, some bigger profits. Um, I mean, it's probably complicated things a little bit in terms of uh, generally sort of leading up to, to June in a, in a big year, growers will look at sort of booking up, uh, booking up some costs at 30 June, uh, even sort of booking up next year's inputs in some cases. Yep. Um, just with input prices, uh, yeah, volatility at the moment. Um, yeah, growers have been sort of less uh, less keen on uh, on booking up expenses. So, um, yeah, that's that's complicated things somewhat. Um, combined with uh, with the yeah the small business depreciation pull write off uh, that I spoke about earlier. Um, 
Uh, look, it's also, I guess, the other factor is uh, just uncertainty around uh, delivery of machinery. Um, it's really thrown a spanner in the works. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's been a bit challenging for for growers in uh, in some respects. Um, I guess on the uh, the the high input prices, there's a uh, a lot of clients over here have been uh, sort of got around that to some degree by uh, by using the prepay account options. Uh, not sure if they're sort of as popular over there, Jack, but um, yeah, your nutrient and elders products, um, yep. yeah, basically allow you to get that tax deduction at, uh, at 30 June um, without having to necessarily commit to a particular product. Um, plus you sort of get the, get the reward um, uh, of, you know, four or 5%. So um, yeah, a lot of other, uh, other suppliers have, have options out there as well. So it's, um, yeah, that's uh, that's been pretty pretty big this year, just with uh, not having to actually commit to a particular product. Um, I mean, need to take a bit of care there. They're obviously uh, obviously not banks um, uh, is is one factor there. So um, and also you're uh, you're locked in with that supplier, so um, potentially got a bit less bargaining power when you when you do come to uh, to buying inputs down the track. But um, yeah, that that's helped to a degree this year. Yeah, exactly. And then like going into or a farm, a family farm, what sort of tax planning measures have you seen that your clients are making for this year? Yeah, so I mean, the, the booking up expenses and especially the prepay that I just mentioned has been a, been a big one. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the deferral of, of grain and, and use of pools has been big. Um, We've seen, uh, yeah, FMDs are probably uh, probably one that will get a bit more use this year than they have in previous years, um, just on the back of the big year. Um, we're still, um, I mean, FMDs, uh, yeah, obviously you get a get a tax deduction when you when you contribute the or deposit the FMD, uh, and then it will be assessable income when it's with withdrawn. So it'll be taxable when it's withdrawn. So. Generally, um, a lot of cases we're sort of going away from from FMDs um, just due to the fact that that we're seeing uh, average rates of tax uh, will be increasing in in the future. So, um, generally speaking, uh, yeah, we're sort of heading away from them in, in most cases, but they're definitely definitely still got their got their place. Um, but yeah, look, I think there's there's going to be more use this year than there would have uh, last year, um, just due to the fact we had the uh, had the full uh, expensing of, uh, of, of uh, machinery last year, the small business depreciation pool. Uh, but yeah, definitely a, a combination of, uh, of different tax planning measures this year. Um, company beneficiaries and uh, would be another one and, and, and superannuation as well, uh, both, uh, both getting used this year. Yeah, beautiful. And just to go back there and deconstruct FMDs, what's it mean? And because... I actually hadn't heard of them before we started this Biofields series. Just for people over in the East, if they don't know about it, or even in the West, um, what are they and how do they work? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, good question, Jack. So, look, FMDs are they're basically just a term deposit um, from the from the bank's point of view, um, but they are a concession that's available to primary producers that basically allows you to. Uh, when when the deposit is made, so generally in uh, in June, um, so about now, uh, you make a deposit. In that year, you basically get a tax deduction in your individual name. Um, so uh, FMDs are always held uh, individually rather than in the in the business. 
Um, so you get a tax deduction when, when the FMD is deposited. And then uh, when it's withdrawn, uh, it'll be assessable income. So, so say you put $100,000 into a term deposit now, um, full tax deduction. And then when it's withdrawn um, in generally uh, two financial years time, it will be uh, it'll be fully tax deductible. So, um, look, they can work. They can work quite well. I have seen them work well in a in a lot of cases. Um, but it is one I find you need to have a need to have some sort of exit strategy uh, when you're when you're using FMDs. Um, I've seen uh, seen cases where where growers have got you know yeah millions of dollars of FMDs uh, booked up. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's at the end of the day uh, capital that you don't have in the business. Um, I've actually had seen a case where where a client was uh, was looking at at buying a new farm, um, and and the fact that they had those FMDs in, and and the time that they uh, had to sort of get those out. By the time they got them out, they actually missed out on the on the farm purchase. So, um, you know, farm businesses are getting uh, generally getting quite strong uh, return on capital. Um, so, you know, that money invested in FMDs could well be better spent uh, in, in the farming business's capital expenditure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing with FMDs is you, uh, you basically, you're going to get an interest rate return similar to a term deposit. Um, obviously, interest rates are heading up a bit at the moment. Um, so uh, whereas you're, if you're pulling that money out of the overdraft, um, that's, that's an expense you're incurring on the overdraft side. Um, and there's always a, a gap of, um, you know, two, three percent. So there's a cost of holding those FMDs uh, from an interest point of view. And, and quite often there can be a, uh, a tax cost when they're withdrawn, if they're withdrawn in a year that's got a, a higher uh, average tax rate. Um, but we find, I find personally over here in the, in the West, they, they work better in, in more marginal areas. Um, so, you know, in, a, in an absolute bumper year, um, you put in the FMDs um, knowing that there's, there's quite likely there's going to be a poor year to come and, and the, the plan is that you withdraw them in that year. So, um, yeah, no, that, look, they can work well, but, uh, yeah, just need to have a bit, bit of a longer-term plan with them uh, would be, uh, would be my, uh, my advice there. Beautiful. A great little summary. I might have to clip that up individually and just put that out as well. Um, thanks for that, Jack. But for, for this year, looking back at our overall business, how can we actually jump into after our end of year tax planning and then start to plan for next year? So 22, 23, how can we, or what should we be looking for? Like the different opportunities in about saving for the farm or earning a little bit extra? Yeah, uh, from a from a sort of tax planning perspective, there, Jack, you, you mean yeah. or um, yeah, definitely from yeah. Yeah, tax planning, looking forward. Yeah. So instead of looking back at what we've just done, twenty one to twenty two, what can we do for twenty two, twenty three, or is there anything that we can do to set us ourselves up a little bit better and space out our expenditure and everything? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, no, really good question. I think um, I think with any any tax planning. Um, you need to have a have a longer term uh, approach to it. So um, a, a lot of a lot of growers are, are keen, you know, hate paying tax, which is uh, which is understandable. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it's a it's a necessary uh, evil of uh, of business. So um, I think with uh, with with 
tax, uh, you need to really just be more focusing on that average rate of tax, um, which is why you need to need to look longer term and uh, with any decision, you need to be need to be thinking a couple of years ahead um, rather than trying to, you know, for example, deferring 100% of your grain through to next year. Um, yes, it'll it'll help this year, but next year you're in uh, in some more strife. So, um, look, the other the other big factor at the moment is the uh, is the machinery uh, temporary full expensing of machinery. Um, so, as I mentioned there, the uh, yeah the small business depreciation pool was fully written off uh, back in the 21 year. Um, so in 22 year, um, yeah, businesses have no, no depreciation pool to depreciate. So um, fortunately the temporary full expensing of assets has been extended through to 30 June, 2023. Um, so that's, that's a big one to consider at the moment. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of growers are, have uh, yeah ordered machinery and uh, unsure if it's going to arrive before before June. Um, got some pretty pretty rubbery dates on on delivery. So um, fortunately, if it's if it doesn't arrive before June, it's going to be fully deductible next year. Um, but uh, yeah, that's definitely definitely one uh, one area that you need to be having a few years uh, need to be looking a few years out ahead. Um, because yeah, come uh, 30 June 2023, um, we'll be back into the old depreciation system. Um, so it's, it's going to be very interesting times ahead. So um, yeah, machinery changeover is definitely a, a factor uh, that needs to be considered. Yeah, I think off the back of, especially over here, off the back of last couple of years, if you haven't bought new equipment now, I think everyone's sort of looking to upgrade um, get rid of the old stuff, sell it on, because the price is still quite good for that as well, moving it on. Um, but for yourself, for what was I going to say, the farmers, like what can we do? You said you raised up about making super contributions before. I think that's a great topic of super and how we can set ourselves up before. I think um, might have been John Bushy from Byfields before. He said only 20%, or it might have been you from last year. I can't remember which one it was. But 20% of all farms can actually afford to pay out um, not to add to the retirement fees of your parents moving off farm and then 80% had to come out off the profits off the farm. So how can we set ourselves up if you're looking to retire in the next five to 10 years, I suppose? Super contributions, hopefully dad's listening. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, look, super's, uh, yeah, super can be a very, uh, very important tool uh, from a succession planning perspective. Um, so look, from a... Yeah, from a tax planning perspective, uh, first um, it, it can work work really well. Um, obviously, dependent on on cash flow, which I guess where uh, yeah, I think that was bushy um, yeah. with that uh, that stat. Um, yeah, obviously dependent on cash flow, but yeah, hopefully after a um, you know after a couple of solid years, it's uh, yeah got a bit of a buffer there and can look at can look at putting some super in. So um, from a from a tax point of view. Um, Concessional uh, or deductible super contribution. Uh, the the cap this year is twenty seven and a half thousand. So so basically you can you contribute that superannuation of twenty seven and a half thousand, and then uh, you get a tax deduction for that for that amount. Um, within the super fund, uh, once those funds are received, tax is paid at fifteen percent. So so it's basically that difference between the fifteen percent and your marginal tax rate is the uh, is the net tax deduction there so 
you know, if you've got a, a tax rate of, uh, you know, quite often I'm seeing rates between sort of 30 and 35% um, without having a having a company in the structure. And uh, yeah, that difference to, to 15, so it could be 15 cents in the dollar or more is uh, is the benefit there. So um, the other the other big opportunity, just while we're on super is, uh, yeah, which, which is a good opportunity in these high profit years, uh, is that it's called the carry forward uh, concessional contribution rules. So basically it allows you to catch up on, on any unused super uh, contribution caps from previous years. So, and this, this one works really well for, for the younger generation that, you know, if they've worked on, on the farm um, on drawings for quite some time that they may not have a, have a great deal of super. So in a good year like this, it, it can be a good opportunity if you haven't made contributions for the last couple of years, you might look at going and putting uh, putting a few years worth in at once. Um, I've, I've had a I actually had one uh, one this year. Um, a client in a in a marginal area up up north of uh, WA, um, and uh, yeah, absolute bumper year this year um, after a couple of poorer ones. And um, yeah, they're actually looking at putting $102,500 this year um, uh, as a contribution, which is uh, the cap for this year and the last three years. So um, they can work out really well from a, from a tax point of view. Um, for those, uh, those carry forward contributions, uh, the important uh, fa uh, factor there is you must have a super balance of less than 500,000. So yeah. I guess that's why it works out so well for the, for the younger generation. Uh, but, uh, but also, yeah, for the older generation, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, yeah, a good tool for, for longer term estate planning and, and succession planning. So just building those, those off-farm assets, um, which will, which will fund, you know, mum and dad for retirement down the track or, or even, uh, you know, a bit more of a pool for the, for the off-farm, uh, off-farm kids as well. So, um, yeah, superannuation can be a really handy tool. Um, the other one there to think about is, uh, which is not necessarily helping from a, from a tax perspective, uh, uh, in the short term, um, but non-concessional super contributions, um, which basically means you don't get the tax deduction, but it but it can be a good way to, to build up super um, down the track. So no, super's a, a really, really handy one to, to keep in mind. Uh, it's probably one uh, that you know in the in the yeah, a lot of growers uh, over the years are not that haven't been that keen on, on super, but I think it's uh, it's it's shifting a bit these days. It's a pretty good advantage though, isn't it, for like not contributing, especially on the back of a couple of years of drought and then coming into a real bumper year and trying to offset a little bit um, can work in your favor. And obviously up until 500,000, those people with 500,000 must be doing pretty well anyway. So they don't need the little top up. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, this, this has been the, the carry forward. It was a really handy, uh, yeah. Uh, change in the tax legislation. So um, yeah, like, like I said, yeah, younger generation, um, you know, provided the cash flow is sort of going okay, I, I think it's a, it can be a good opportunity, um, yeah, to build it up and, and it works really, really well from a, from a tax perspective. Beautiful. Great stuff. And what about like the latest of interest rates hiking up now? How does that play out into our tax on farm and can we plan to improve our own position off the back of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, interest rates are, have gone up a yeah huge amount already, and uh, from all reports I've heard, uh, yeah, heading up even even further in the future. So, 
Um, look, interest rates from a from a tax planning perspective, I guess one option you can look at is uh, is prepaying interest. Um, so yeah, sort of heading into into June, you could go and uh, prepay some interest for the for the next uh, you know six or twelve months, for example. Um, Again, I mean, like with any any decision, um, any tax planning decision, I mean, you've got to be thinking sort of profit first. Uh, that's got to be number one, and then tax second. Um, so, firstly, I guess you need to be be thinking from a from an interest rate perspective, uh, yeah, where you see interest rates going. But um, I mean, that is one option, looking at prepaying some some interest. But um, I mean, from a profit perspective, obviously, interest rate rising um, is, is going to take a little bit off the off the bottom line. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. So. Um, yeah, a lot of growers will be looking at whether to, uh, yeah, fix interest rates or not. Uh, quite a topical one at the moment, but uh, yeah, from all reports I've heard, uh, yeah, your fixed rates have uh, have shot up well above variable now. So yeah, yeah, could well have missed the boat there. Yeah, it's impacting right across the different industries as well, and it's not just agriculture how it's playing out. Um, but for yourself, what would be your one piece of farms advice? I love the quote of uh, profit first, tax second. Would that be your piece of farms advice to carry through on this episode? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, it's like I, uh, I probably, uh, yeah, use this one uh, too often with, uh, yeah, meeting with clients. But that's, uh, that's my key, key takeaway. Yeah, profit first, tax second. So don't make any decision uh, purely from a from a tax perspective. Um, you, you've got to have that that business case when you when you're making those decisions. So, no, look, that would be my main uh, my main takeaway. Um, uh, yeah, next uh, next one would be uh, yeah, just to get your tax planning done done as early as you can. Um, yeah, even even as early as before harvest um, these days. Um, farm businesses are, are so much more complex uh, these days than they than they were back in the day. In in some respects, so um, yeah, from a from a tax perspective, I think you need to get onto that nice and early if you're uh, if you're going to make informed decisions. Um, would be another one. Um, and, and I guess the other one I, I touched on earlier is just having a longer term focus to your tax planning rather than just focusing on on this year or next year. Um, yeah, you need to be looking a few years few years ahead. Yeah, definitely. And as you said before, tax planning is just important as it is in a good year as well as in a poor year. So if you're doing it tough on the farm and you're having a poor year, it's always good to be t- thinking about how you can plan for your tax a bit better. Yeah, no, you're dead right there, Jack. Um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of opportunities in a in a poor year from a from a tax perspective. Um, uh, you can look at you know, just a couple of quick examples. You could uh, could look at withdrawing some FMDs, uh, maybe uh, uh, in, in a yeah quite a that sort of uh, scenario I had earlier where you withdraw them in the in the poor year it can work out quite well from a from a tax perspective. Um, plus plus helping uh, cash flow in those. Uh, in those tougher years. Um, another one, I mean, in, in a poor year, a lot of what we're trying to do is, is help with, uh, with cash flow, which uh, can obviously be, uh, be a bit of a struggle in those years. So if you've got pay-as-you-go instalments, um, we, we could possibly look at getting those down. So that, that's why even in a, in a poor year, obviously, uh, yeah, the belts get tightened. But I think, uh, you know, attack, getting a tax estimate prepared is, uh, is invaluable still. Um, uh, if you're going to have that longer term approach to tax planning. So yeah, really important that you that you get a tax estimate prepared uh, every single year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great reminder for your end of year tax planning, Jack. So thanks for coming on to the podcast for today. Um, and we'll be seeing you further on down the track. 
But for yourself at Byfields on the beyond the tax return, who can we expect to have up next? Uh, we've got Scott Smith uh, next on the on the show. So um, yeah, topic uh, still to be determined, I believe. So I, I suppose I could throw him under the bus with a with a real complex one uh, if I if I wanted to. But um, yeah, probably a bit rough. Um, no, so- Keen to have him on the podcast. For yourself, how can we get in touch with your expertise or your office of Byfields? Yeah, so, yeah, contact the office at Byfields. Um, yeah, all the details are, are online. Uh, personally, I'm on, uh, yeah, on Twitter is probably the, the best place these days. Um, yeah, Jack ha- uh, Jack Hayes, one word, underscore WA. So, um, yeah, give me a follow. Uh, yeah, feel free to, yeah, give me a, flip me an email or give me a call in the uh, in the Perth office here and or someone else here. Yeah, more than happy to help out or, or just have a bit of a chat. Uh, so, yeah, that's the best way these days. Perfect. Yeah, Farms Advice left uh, Twitter a bit dormant there, but it's where farmers are most active, I think. It is. No, look, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting uh, for the industry uh, when you log on uh, Twitter and and just see all these younger uh, farmers sharing advice uh, with each other, and you know, like you, like yourself there. So it's uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, it makes me very excited for the for the future of ag when you uh, when you log on to Twitter there. So. Um, no, it's a, it's a pretty impressive of the of the farming industry how you know everyone's just keen to help each other out. So um, yeah, yeah, fill up Twitter done as well. Exactly, exactly. Well, beautiful, Jack. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. We'll chat further down the line. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice Podcast. It is produced by Advertise Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the farm's advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.